All right, welcome to Argue This. Um, some personal stuff ran up with Tron, so we got my wife. You know, the show must go on. <laughs> and uh, most of you, you know, don't know, but uh, my wife works at a uh, vet hospital thingy-majig. Not exactly sure what she does. I assume she just plays with cute animals all day and then charges a fucking bajillion dollars for it. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what my job is. Yep, she just, you know, like, kisses kittens on the head and, like, mm-hmm. all right, that's going to be $700. I kissed your cat seven times. That's $100 a kiss. Take your cat back. I tell them that with a big old smile on my face and a, and a little bit of charm. Like, you know, bring your cat back next week for more kisses and pets. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The, pets I, the pets are $50, so it's a great deal. I'm mm-hmm. a professional petter. I am. Ask my husband. Yep. Wait. She's really good at heavy petting. Oh, my God. Fine, I guess it's a compliment. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, now I just, you know, I I want to get into the meat and potatoes of, you know, just, you know, vet tech life. Because this is, you know, the one of the things that you're good at uh, arguing about. Um, So, like, say I bring in a cat... That I cannot, you know, take care of anymore. And, you know, it's gotten really attached to me. And it's kind of getting old, but, you know, still got a few good years in it. There's nothing, you know, medically wrong with it. Would you allow me to put the cat down? So if there's nothing medically wrong with the cat, like you want to put the cat down because you can no longer afford to take care of it. And when you come to a veterinary clinic and say, I don't want this animal anymore, can you put it down? That means you would rather the animal be put down than you put the animal into a shelter where, where it can be readopted and continue on to its life. I mean, how many people adopt old cats? Not enough. Exactly. So would you rather have your cat put down where it, you know, you've given it the best life you can possibly do, but you really, you know, you're you know falling on tough times due to COVID, due to lost job, due to something or another, or, you know, whatever, and you have an old cat... And you don't want to see it suffering in a fucking shelter until the you know last days of its life. I want to fucking just put it down and, you know, be done with the whole thing. So you need to either A, rehome the animal to a home that you trust that will take care of the animal. So, like, if there's a neighbor or a friend who would be willing to take the kitty on, like, post it on Facebook, ask around at work, see if someone wants a cat. Or you can do your research and find a no-kill shelter that is more of a rescue, meaning they take care of the cats, they take care of all their medical needs. If they get sick, they, t- they make sure they get medicine, and they work to make sure that that cat finds a good forever home. So there are options that we are going to recommend. And then you come to the other crux where what that what someone where when someone brings in a healthy cat to be de- for them to be euthanized. Yeah. Because they're no longer wanted, it's called in the vet world a convenience euthanasia. It's convenient to the owner that they kill the animal. That's the easiest option for them. Well, I'm not saying like kill like a five year old cat. You know, I'm saying this cat is 19 years old. Mm -hmm. You know, it's near the end of its life anyway. It's like putting down grandma because, you know, she can't afford the fucking retirement home anymore. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, let's throw her in the ocean then. Whatever still other options and you can even relinquish the cat meaning you give the ownership of the cat over to the clinic and then the clinic makes sure that cat gets a home 
So if you come in and you want that, we're going to, if this is something that this clinic allows to happen, because there are, there are vets who will do that and there are vets who are not. Who will not. So at places where the vet will not, we will give you every other option. You can relinquish the cat to us. We'll make sure the cat goes to the shelter. We will tell you shelters that we work with that will take that cat. We'll talk to you about how to rehome a kitty, about resources. We'll do everything we can in our power so that you are able to really to get rid of the animal that doesn't cause the animal's death. If you're at a clinic where the where a vet where the veterinarian will do it, the veterinarian will be like, Yeah, it's 80 bucks. So <clears throat> You're saying just find a, you know, vet that will do it. So what What if... Um, I yeah. do not condone convenience euthanasias. And I do not condone veterinarians who do convenience euthanasias. That, in my personal opinion, is fucked up. So what if, you know, I, like, you know, I, I'm, you know, by myself and I have a cat that's, you know, 20 years old. And then I get, you know, fucking some cancer. And it's like, okay, you have, you know, three months left to live. Um, we can go through, you know, chemo to try and keep you alive. But, like, I don't want to go that route. You know, I, I'm, i you know, 63 years old. I'm, I'm going to die anyway. And I want my, you know, cat to be buried with me. Would you you'd be able to do that? That's super fucked up. You're, like, you're, if your cat was already dead and you had the ashes, yeah, like, yes, go ahead and do that. That's fine. But no. <laughs> like, where is this cat going to go? Usually the cat is taken in by the family. And sooner or later, the family usually calls the vet. And the vet's like, oh, do so, you want to like, keep the animal? Do you want to rehome it? And again, we give them options on what to do with the animal. Yeah, if they I mean, don't I mean like, you know, the, like the, you know. Say- A lot of times people want to keep their dead relatives animal if they're really close with that relative no like no like me personally if i was 63 no one's gonna be close with me no one i'm gonna be a bitter old man my I wife know that my wife's gonna be dead and you know i have pancreatic cancer what have... animals are you going to have mochi okay i can't deny that she'll, she'll be like she'll be like a crazy old cat mm-hmm. it's like yeah my she'll cat's... only be 40 it'll be fine she'll definitely be alive yeah, it's like her kidneys will be pristine. <laughs> it's like you're. <laughs> you come in and like, have you been weakening Bernie's your fucking cat? It's like what? It's like your cat's dead. It's like no, no, it's not. It's like yeah, no, your cat's been dead for a long. It's a skeleton. It's like what? No, look at it. it it's still meows. Tell him, Mochi. It's like the <laughs> head falls off. It's like, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Give me some duct tape. It's like, it is 100% a skeleton, dude. Are you okay? No. My wife's dead. It's like, she died 20 years ago. No. Is she a skeleton in your house? Please say no. No, they took her. I'm like... Babe, if I'm a skeleton in our house, you have failed me. I no, I wouldn't be donated to the coral reefs. I will legitimately. I'm like, ugh. Like, I'm the type of dude, like in Monty Python, is like, bring out your dead. Oh, I'm not dead. And just like throw you on. I'm like, come on, do me a solid here. I'm that guy. I'm like, she's shitting in her pants. Get her out of my house. Just, ugh. No, definitely get me out of the house. 
Like, ew. Like, you know, you farting is atrocious. Just, just that alone. Um, I'm sorry. You fart too. Yeah, I'm, I'm a man. I'm allowed to. Do you know how much you fart in your sleep? Not nearly enough. It's awful. I'm glad you you like you get in there and you sniff it. You're like, oh, oh, oh. no, like, like babe, and rub your clit vigorously and like squirrel. You like grunt afterwards, like every single time. It's so gross. It's probably what's keeping me alive. It's probably like you know, sleep apnea is like about <laughs> to kill me, and it's like it's like gets <laughs> <laughs> me breathing again. <laughs> Like, okay, yeah, we did it. <laughs> Keep this heart beating. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, I- I'm I'm a killer at jokes. <laughs> so, you know, as you know, so you're you're saying no, you know, convenience kills no matter what. No. Um so, why is everything so expensive for animals? Like, not nearly ex- is, is expensive as you know, human medicine, but it's like, still, it's like, I want to get my cat to claw. Like, how much would that cost? So, there are two. I want to get it done, like, nicely as possible. I don't want the bone to get chopped and shit. Okay, so are you like asking like the comparative price of a declaw or why a surgery would be more expensive? Why a surgery would be more expensive? Okay, so two reasons. Advancing technology and pharmacy pharmaceutical companies get to charge us up the wazoo for how much of whatever they want whenever they want. So they charge extreme prices that we actually don't have much of a markup on. Um, veterinary clinics don't make a lot of money and we don't make a lot of money for two big reasons a everyone who got into the vet field is in massive fucking debt and so fuck fuck we need to make some kind of profit but we're in a crap ton of debt and secondly oh my god we can't charge a lot of money to make a profit off surgeries because if we charge too much money you won't pay it because it's too much money to pay for an animal animals are what is known as a secondary luxury uh first a first luxury is like you have to take care of yourself like you have to pay your rent you have to pay your health bills you need to pay expenses so you can get to work a secondary luxury is an animal and so there's medicine you have to buy for yourself to live but there's medication that you have to buy for your pet to live that you may not be able to afford. And that's the kind of situation you're in. Trust it's me. It's a secondary like, luxury. You know, I, I love my little kitten. And uh, if the bill came due and it was $10,000, like, we can either, you know, charge you $10,000 or kill your cat. I'm like, I look at her, give her a kiss on the head and be like, you've been a great cat, but you are too expensive. You are 20 PS5s. So... I would agree with you. However, we have pet insurance. So if we need to spend that money, we get 90% of it back. Okay. Remember when Gwenny needed all those surgeries and she needed all the chemo treatments? Yeah. You're the type of person that buys the old cat. You're like, this cat has cancer. Oh, it's shit on my hand. Gross. I'll take it. Yeah. I remember like there was like the time where you had like that old Chinese lady's cat or whatever. Oh, that had like super cancer and mm-hmm. it was angry all the time. Mm-hmm. 
and then it like died. I'm like, I'm like you, you're the type of person that would be that would work great in like geriatric animal homes. No, I'm done with geriatric animals. I got my heart broken, and I'm so pretty tender from Gwenny. So, no, I'm not doing that again. I remember, you know, the morning, like I'm like, oh, Gwenny's gonna die today, and I gave her a kiss. I'm like, there's sad. no fucking way. And you know, you called me later crying. Like, I, I'm like, I know, it's fine. It was. You know, I like honestly, I didn't really. It didn't break my heart at all. That cat, oh, I didn't expect it to. That cat pissed on my fucking couch. Fuck that cat. She was an old cat. I mean, I, like, that's the type of cat that I'm like, convenience killed that motherfucker. And yet you put up with her because you love me. I, I put up with her because she'd be a belly kitty. She was super cute. But I'm like, oh, you shaved her. Gross. She was getting, she was getting mats. Like, really bad on her hips. Like, she had stopped, she had stopped grooming. She wasn't grooming anymore. Yeah, because she was fucking, like, you, you bought... Like, you're the type of person that I like, adopt a child with bone cancer. It's like, this child has three months to live. I will adopt it. Ew, no. And then, you know, be like, ugh, gross. I, it's, my hug, like, broke all of its bones. <laughs> it's like, ah! <laughs> child screaming. Help me! Kill me! It's like a baby. And it's like, how are you talking? It's like, ah! So, yeah. No, I, I don't... If something is going to die, I say put it the fuck down right away. So but, there are people who need to go as far as they can to spend as much money as they physically can to save their animal, even though they know their animal is dying. And they're called retards. Yeah. And a lot of times people don't necessarily stop them and i've literally actually had conversations with my clients where i was like look we can do this but what you're buying is closure no that's what you're buying and be and kind of understand how much you're willing to spend on that because if you're you can go to an er clinic and blow like twelve thousand dollars overnight do you yeah that that's insanity it's, you it's can why buy, if you're going to be that kind of client you need to get pet insurance because if you're going to go that extra mile, prepare for it. Yeah, no, like prepare for it. I remember like back when Mochi was a kitten, you're like, oh, she has to get some surgery. I'm like, oh, damn, we're going to put her down. That sucks. Shucks. And I was ready for it. And they're like, oh, no, we have pet insurance. I'm like, fuck. Now, now I have to have a retarded cat. What? That's what you honestly thought? No. I remember that day that I was, um, I rode out and like, I saw like a dead squirrel on the road and it had like the same markings as my cat. <gasps> no, that's so horrifying. It was fucking really bad, but I still went to Lowe's like that. That's like how low it kind of like ran on my scale. I'm like, I, I still, I still, Wait, have I to... thought you saw it on the way coming back. No, I saw it on the way going out. Oh my God. I'm like, Oh no, my cat. And so, like, I'm at, like, Lowe's or, like, Best Buy or something stupid like that, uh-huh. picking something up that was not important. Uh-huh. It, it, it might have been, like, so, like I don't know, probably, like, a screwdriver or something. Mm-hmm. And, like, I came back. I'm like, oh, yeah, my cat. And, you know, I'm like, I get, I, like, grab some, like, gloves and, like, my shovel. I'm like, oh, it's a squirrel. Fuck it. <laughs> I'm very happy it was a squirrel. 
but like you know the fucking you know like beating in my heart as like i walk over to pick up like my dead cat i'm like Aww. oh this hurts a little bit i'm like getting ready to like bury it in the backyard you know you have to bury it like six feet i have a shovel you think you're gonna dig down six feet with a shovel isn't I'm... it like aren't we like sitting out on granite no we're not we're sitting on chairs No, like, I'm sure, like, it's, like, maybe, like, what, a half foot of, like, sand and gravel, and then it's, like, straight rocks? Aren't we, like, up in the mountains? No idea, but, yeah, I mean, I was, I was just going to throw her, like, in a shoebox and be like, boop, there you go. You know, dig deep until, like, I'm, like, you know, tired of it. And then, like, you know, put a little, you know, cross stick thing. Like, mochi. And then come in and tell you, like, my cat's dead. Would you little... want to go get in our cat? No. Oh. You do realize we're getting a third cat in like three years, right? No. Yeah, we're getting a third cat in three years. No. Yeah. No. Goose is going to be... Okay. Goose is going to be like 13, 14. And that's when we're really going to start hitting his like... He'll be moving from senior to geriatric. And that's when we're going, I'm going to get my next kitten. So when Goose dies, I've already got like an established relationship with our next cat that's there for like a good another like four to six years. So like I'll be in a much better emotional supporting place with the second cat when Goose dies. Like I have to start preparing for that. Because it's going to be rough when Goose dies. I remember uh, when uh, your other cat died. Okay. I've never had a cat this long. Like, me and Goose have been together for, like, eight years now. This is, like, my longest relationship with an, with my one of my pets ever because before, my cats lived about, like, one to two years around my parents. So, so like... Okay, so I, so I have another question. So, say I want to get my cat uh, cremated. How much would that cost? Um, so, with the cremation company we use, our price starts... So, there's two types of cremation. There's general cremation where the body's just cremated and it's created with other cremated with other bodies and the ashes are disposed of on the property. Or you get private cremation with return where you, your pet is cremated by itself and you get the ashes returned back to you, like I did with Gwenny. So, can I, like, if I don't want to pay for all that dumb cremation bullshit, mm-hmm. can I just, like throw my like cat like in the woods and like nature fucking take it back yeah if you don't want to pay so we only do cremation at my clinic so if you want to go that route then we return the body to you so and like you take, like you, if, if i had a dead cat like would i bring it to a vet yes you can so if you do i have to like is no it like, you can bury it that's perfectly fine you just have to make sure you bury it six feet otherwise it's illegal well, like, do I have to report my cat dead? Um, not necessarily. You can read. So you'll want, if you have an existing relationship with your clinic and your cat dies, you'll want to tell them because so, A, we'll know that your cat's dead and we won't send you reminders about anything. But also, um, we typically will send like either flowers or condolence letter, just something like everyone's just saying, I'm so sorry for your loss. That It's really sucky. You should just do like condolence emails because I'm sure cats are going to be dying all the time. Oh, yeah, no, so we actually a lot of cats are dying right now. It's it's really depressing. We're seeing a huge death wave in the vet world. It's really fucking dumb. See, like, you should have someone like me 
you know, take the brunt of all that. Be like, my cat's dead. I'm like, oh, that's that's terrible. Um, can I recommend you go to the fucking um, have the humanity place? Habitat for humanity. I thought, yeah, I felt like it was wrong, but I'm like, yeah, that place, and just go pick up a new one. They're free, I think. Actually, um, the company that we use for cremations, they have a grief helpline for like if you're grieving the loss of your pet. So I actually typically refer them to that. Just like, hey, losing your pet's really fucking rough. If you need to talk to somebody, um, the first sixty minutes is a free session if you See, call their helpline. I, I feel like I could go out and be the one to give all the bad news. Like, that's a great business, the bad news bears, where I come out and it's like, do you as a doctor or as a fucking person or whatever, not want to be the guy that gives bad news? I can give the bad news. And it will not affect me in the slightest, which makes me a monster. But it's like, I'm sorry, ma'am, your son died in Afghanistan. No, it's a really good way to really handle it because, like, euthanasias are really, they're really, no matter how many times I do them, I still cry every single time. And there are days where I do it, like, more than once a day every single day of the week. And it's like. See, like, if we lived on a farm, I'd just be like, bang, you know, just shotgun. Like, if I had a horse and it, like, broke its leg, I'd have to, like, shoot it. You know, I don't know what that does. You know, maybe yeah, it helps. Putting an animal out of misery is like always something that's in play when I do euthanasia. We are usually putting a kitty down because it's still coming to some sort of disease and we're ending its life because that's better than it continuing to suffer when the end result will be the same. So like there, there's always some form of release of suffering with it. So here, here's a, another good question. So say someone has a uh, kid, uh, cat that has like kidney failure or something really horrible with it, cancer, and they do not want to put it down. Then we talk to them about hospice. So we're, we talk to them about payments. They, they don't. They don't want to do any of that. They don't have any money. They're very fucking poor, and they just. Uh, wanna... Then we send them to the shelters that do low cost euthanasias, because these people who are in that situation, they don't are... want to kill their cat. They, they have no interest in killing their cat, euthanizing it. They just want to be with it and give it the best life that they can until it's dead. Yeah. So we're going to send them to a low cost clinic who can give their animal, who can at least give them pain meds. Because an animal who is in, who is in, who's in kidney failure like that, they feel like crap. The least we can do is give them some pain meds. They, they literally have no money. They have like. Then quite honestly. We usually have medications we can donate to them. If you're in that kind of situation and you want to do what you can, but you have no money, a lot of clinics usually have like a small fund set aside where they can donate. Like some some clinics will have like a hundred, uh, like hundred to five hundred of like free treatments, or they'll donate medications to you, or they'll direct you to a shelter that can help you as best they can. Like in these these people in these situations are heartbroken and they're grieving and their animal is suffering and they know this and they can't do anything about it and if i didn't do something about that and do something about that situation from my own abilities then i'm i'm in this career field for all the wrong reasons my the biggest reason i am in this field is because i want to address pain that's the most important thing to me see like if i saw a dog that was all fucked up or you know, any animal that is all fucked up, 
and it's like on the side of the road. Yeah, I'd back, boom, you know. Or you it. can call animal control or some sort of rescue, and they will come out in such a situation and address it more appropriately. I have literally never called animal control. That's and their I, job. I have literally killed so many goddamn animals. But most not on my fault. Um, We're talking th- about deer and shit, right? Oh, there, there's been multiple different animals I've killed. There, there's one time I killed a hedgehog. But we're talking about wildlife, right? Yes. That's completely different. There's there's one dog that I, like, you know, it was, like, dead on the road, and I hit it a second time. That that was, like, you know, the worst one. I'm like, no. Like, it's, like, it's blood splattered all over the side of my truck. So, like, one time, one of my doctors on the way to work, they actually saw a cat get hit by a car in, a, in an accident, and they actually, like, came over, grabbed the cat, drove to the clinic. We were, like, treating the cat, and, like, the cat, um, she had a few broken bones, and she hit her head pretty hard, too. Like, her eyes were a little wonky for a while. Like, she had a concussion. Um, but the animal came back really nicely, and then, like, we microchipped, we, like, checked her for a microchip, called the owner, and the owner had actually made an appointment for us to see him as a first-time client the following week. And so, like, it was super cool, and everything worked out, and the cat did great and so in that situation had a complete stranger brought in the cat we have what is called a good sam policy or good samaritan and so in these situations a we scan the cat for a microchip see if we can get a hold of an owner and if we can't we make the kitty comfortable and we have to then decide what to do from there because if we have a cat come in and we can't establish ownership then legally we are the cat's owners and so we can treat um, but then we have to decide. So if you do treat it, kitty in, in that situation, either A, you treat it and you give it off to a shelter or a rescue, or B, usually one of the vet techs takes the cat in and it becomes their pet. A lot of vet techs get their animals because animals come in and they're sick and people can't afford to care, take care of them. And so they relinquish them to the clinic and then it becomes one of the tech's pets because the cat stays there for a while because we'll treat it and get it feeling better. And of course, someone gets attached and then they take the cat home. Which is kind of what happened with Gwenny, because like she kept See. coming in for treatments, because she so Gwenny's owner he had to move to Japan and he was he didn't s- want it to become food. I understand. Yeah, for some reason he wasn't going to be allowed to take the cat, so he put them in the in the rescue. And Gwenny had some heart problems and teeth problems, and so sh- that shelter worked with us. And so she was coming by like once a week, and I I did her dental, I did all her heart stuff. Like I just worked with her for a lot of her appointments, and I I just had to adopt her. She was so stinking cute. Yeah, she wasn't that stinking cute. She was adorable. She was a little flame point with her blue eyes, and she was slightly cross-eyed. She was a retard. But, yeah, I mean, like, the thing with... All flame points are retards. The thing with New Mexico, though, is there's fucking dogs everywhere. Like, a bunch of fucking stray dogs. Shit tons. Everywhere. They're nice dogs. Mm -hmm. But they're fucking every goddamn where. Okay, so one of the biggest things that's going on is TNR, which is Trap, Neuter, and Release. Okay, so America, um, their dogs and cats are overpopulated and estimated two or three times the amount of that sustainable naturally in our environment and so one of the big things why veterinary clinics really really push people to neuter their animals is in case their animal gets out at least at least they can't contribute to the overpopulation they're fixed and that's why we're always fixing animals in cities and that's why it's like it's population why i don't feel bad when i hit animals i'm like Okay, this animal was so fucking overpopulated that it came into the road. Now, over there in uh, Lumberton, New Mexico, there's a shitload of dogs 
and they'll fucking come out barking at your like everyone that I'm like, and I've only like seen one dead dog over there. So I'm like, yeah, you guys are doing pretty good. And then you get into like Dulce and like there's shitload more dogs. Mm-hmm. Dogs run in packs. And um, well, I mean, like they run like small packs, like mm-hmm. three dogs. And, like, they have, like, little gangs or cliques. Mm-hmm. It's hilarious. It's cute to see. But, I mean, like, they don't have a cat problem over there. They have a dog problem. Mm-hmm. You go to any town, Raton, you know, Chama. It, like, it doesn't matter where you're at. Santa Fe. It, it, it's all a fucking problem. So, you know, we're, we're getting, you know... Oh, we're only halfway through. Um, might even like make this one a shorty. So, let's see. If I bring in an illegal animal that needs care, would you call the cops on me? Legally, we don't have to. They made that a law about four years. Uh, no, see here when they they put that law into place seven years ago, and it made everybody so happy because before. Legally, we had to, but we quite honestly didn't because if you called the cops on them, they weren't going to let you treat the animal and the animal's clearly sick. So they made it a thing that we can treat illegal animals if the animal is in need and we do not, we are are not required to report them to the cops anymore. So say like a uh, fucking... Thank you, CVMA. What if it's like a crazy animal? What if it's like a Carol Baskin situation and they bring in a black leopard? Okay, so... Veterinary clinics have veterinary licenses for what animals they are allowed to treat. And so as a veterinary clinic, we are not allowed to treat wild animals and we are not allowed to treat the first two generations below a wild animal. So you know how... um, So what if it's a completely domesticated uh, black panther and it's, you know... You have to go to a zoo vet who is licensed to treat zoo animals and has the equipment necessary to treat a zoo animal. We don't have so I run a clack I run a cat clinic. The biggest animal we work with is a thirty pound chonk badonk, you know? So like I don't have equipment big enough to handle a giant panther. Like I have a special I have well, what, a special what if tiny it's a, what if it's a kitten black panther? We still can't legally treat it. it they have to go to a zoo all, a zoo vet. What well, what if they don't know that it's um a wild animal and you know, like they bring in like this little, you know, baby you know, Black Panther. It's like, it's a black kitty. You know? Uh, it does not look like a black kitty. It looks like a panther cub. I mean, I, I don't know what the cubs look like. If so they're... they have a completely different um, muzzle structure. Their well, I mean, body... how, how are you expecting people to know this? If they come in with that, we have to tell them, um, that's a wild animal. You need to go to this vet. We can't touch it. And we send them off to that vet. We also call that vet and be like, here's his client. Here is our phone number. Here's who to call if they don't show up. And the next day, like, we will, like, give them a heads up so they know they have something they need to follow up on. Vet clinics? Give other vet clinics the tip. And sometimes you kind of have to because so vet clinics are kind of nestled in and around each other. So I have like three or four vet clinics. I know their phone numbers. They know mine. I know their leaders because I'm and they know me because I'm my clinic's leader. And so like we have a little network and there are clients who will kind of go around from clinic to clinic because they're fucking crazy. And so we always have to like call ahead and be like, um, so and so is on their way to your clinic again. I'm so sorry. Here's what she wants to do. Here's what we actually did. And here's what's actually wrong with the cat. 
because she's going to show up with a bunch of BS lies and try to get medicine that she wants to give her pet, not what we recommend. So, you know, what do you do when, you know, you see, like, drug-seeking behavior? Like, is there, like, equivalent drugs to, like, you know, Adderall or, like, Ambien that you can give your pet? Like, Ambien is like a sleep aid, like a hardcore sleep aid. And, you know, your cat is just up all the time and you want to give your cat some, like, Ambien. Is, you know, do you have that ability to give them, like... Uh... So, Ambien's not licensed, so medications... Okay, so a sleep aid for, you know... That would... Mm, I would start off with gabapentin. So, like, can you, like, prescribe gab- gabapentin for my animal and then I take the gabapentin? Yes, but we're going to prescribe you a very small dose for a cat-sized body. So, A, you'd have to take a fuck ton of it for it to even work for you. And B, we wouldn't, we dole medication out in like one or two months supplies typically. So, it wouldn't even be enough to give you a lot for a long time. And if you keep on calling in for refills, that gets obvious real quick. Well, I mean, like... So would I be able to take, you know, my cat, you know, for instance, like, would I be able to take Mochi Mm -hmm. into, you know, vet clinic A and be like, you know, she's in pain, she needs pain meds, and then get the pain meds, and then go to, you know, vet clinic B and be like, yeah, this is uh, Riceroni, my cat, and so that way there's no, like, uh, linking things, and then give them a different phone number and a different name. So that is super, super common. That's like a, it's actually a really big problem right now. Um, California, their, um, whatever, whatever is in charge of like drug investigations or whatever, uh, they came up with a program where um, they made, they came up with a specific log that every single clinic has to use. And those logs take down um, driver's license, address, um, so, and social security, I think the last four are social security number for every single controlled drug that is dispensed from that clinic. And then all those logs have to be submitted to the um, DA um, once a week. Like that has been going on for months and they have actually been able to crack down on a lot of that drug seeking behavior. And so it is a bitch to do, but it works. Um, not a lot of other um, states have really bothered to do anything about it. So it's just something that we are aware of and we try to steer away from. So, um, well, at I mean, my, so at my clinic, we, if we dispense a controlled drug, we only dis- dispense a three-day supply of anything. And if you need more, th- more than that, it has to be okayed by our doctor. And so we have our own check and balance. So it doesn't happen at our clinic and, cl- and our clients, and we do have a few like true online drug seekers. And I've actually, I've had to tell them no more than once straight to their face. So we have our own system for dealing with it, but other clinics, they don't even give a shit. Okay. So, you know, drug seeking is just easier if you have an animal. And also drug abuse is really rampant in our world because we do have access to control drugs and a lot of times if you get caught you just kind of get fired and you just move on to the next clinic because the vet world is still kind of a small world and what what clinic fires another clinic will hire if they're in need and that's happened twice now with my crew we've had to fire two employees over it and they just went on to other clinics (laughs) <laughs> one of the clinics I went to, we all know the other doctors there and we have a really great working relationship and no one says anything. So mm. if you're trying, if you get 
so if you get exposed to drugs and a development addiction and stay in that field, there is no support for you. And it's so easy for you to continue your addiction. Like if you're trying to come clean, the vet world is not a good place to be in. It's there's just no support there. And like there's just no support and it's so easy to have access to drugs it's so freaking easy it's literally it's it's appalling we should be we should be able to do i want to be able to put in more measures but it's hard to okay um so i have another question so if i you know bring my cat to you because i i I know that you have um a boarding house Mm mm-hmm and my cat is to die while in that boarding house, you know, would you take responsibility? Like, do do, uh, do clinics have, like, malpa- malpractice insurance? Yes, you have to have malpractice insurance. That that you le- That's, like, a legal requirement in order for you to be an open clinic. All the doctors have to have malpractice insurance. So we are a boarding facility at my clinic. When people come in and board with their animals, they have to sign a waiver. And part of that waiver states that if their animal gets sick and we cannot con and we aren't able to get in contact with them, we will treat that animal. And so if that animal dies, it's not because we didn't try. Cause usually, cause if an animal gets sick and we can, and usually we're able to contact the owner and either they're like, Oh yeah, go ahead and do these treatments. I understand. Or they're like, no, I don't want these treatments. Leave my cat the fuck alone. And then our hands are tired. But if we can't get a hold of them, we will treat this animal until we hear from them saying otherwise okay and so then they have to pay for whatever treatment you yeah. deem necessary yeah they they signed that in the waiver okay that it, we and like i will tell i'm not i'm like when i have my clients sign something i explain to them exactly what they're signing i'm like you're what you're signing is because you're saying yes to this and if we can't get a hold of you we will do this and if we can we will do this like i don't want anyone caught by any surprises in a form they didn't take time to read. Yeah, mo- most uh, people will do that. Like uh, when I got my, you know, med card <coughs> a few weeks back, they're like, you know, sign this. Um, this is so we can uh, release these records to your company. I'm like, yeah, here. I don't care. That this is why I'm doing this. Here you go. Mm-hmm. And I'm also going to go over there and give them my records. Here you go. Ba-da-da-da-do. I don't I don't really care. Enjoy. Yeah, but if you're going to leave your cat at a medical facility, you can't get mad when we give your cat medical treatments if they get ill. I've had people get mad at me for that. Yeah, I mean, it, it is what it is. It's, it's dumb. Mm-hmm. But that's why waivers are important, and it's really shitty that we have to do that to protect ourselves in today's world. Yeah, because people are always looking to sue. People are always looking to get a leg up. You know, they're, they're like California is ripe with those motherfuckers that are just like, I want to find a reason to sue somebody. And mm-hmm. so they'll jump in front of your car and be like, he hit me with this car. And, and now that fucking dash cams have come out, like there's a bunch of fucking videos online of people trying to do like insurance fraud mm-hmm. and been like, oh, I have a fucking like if. Anybody ever does some dumb shit and like commits and tries to commit insurance fraud, never fucking tell them about your camera until they fucking go and tell the cops their full side of the story and then bring out the camera and watch, watch them shit themselves. Mm -hmm. Like, Oh fuck. It's like, 
Oh yeah, no. Here, you just got fucking busted for insurance fraud. Have fun with your felony, bud. Yep. But, you know, people are like, I have a camera. And it's like, yeah, you just ruined it. You know, fucking burn them to the ground every fucking time. But yeah, I mean, you know, th- this is, you know, do you have anything else you want to bring up in the insurance or the uh, vet world that people might not know? There's a lot of things people don't know. But mainly, we really, I promise you, we are not in it to make money. We charge as little as we can because we know the more expensive it is, the less likely you are to do it. And it breaks our heart when you say no. So please, 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 please just let us do a little bit of diagnostics and medications. So can I I'm get... sorry, it's five to seven hundred dollars, but it's really worth it. And we really care. So can I get like pet insurance like right before I walk in? Or do I have to like have like a... It depends on the insurance you get. So... Typically, pet insurances, if you sign up, they have like a 30-day waiting period. So like you sign up and then there's like a month and then your insurance starts. Um, Some pet insurances will ask for previous veterinary history. And if your cat was sick with and if your animal was sick with anything before, they'll try to call it pre-existing. So like do your homework um, before you select a pet insurance and um, don't get nationwide. They are awful. They are awful pet insurance and I hate working with them. Um, my favorite pet insurance company is Trupanion. I love them. They're super cool. And really, pet insurance is you pay what you get. And also, there are different types of pet insurances. So some will only pay for illnesses. Some will cover, like, preventative care. Like, it is it is pretty similar to human insurance. So do some research and make sure you, f- you are happy with the plan you get. Okay. Yeah. That, that's, you know, pretty much all my questions um if any of y'all have uh, more questions about this you can go ahead and uh message me on instagram or twitter at uh, alex the truck um i also have a human podcast network at gmail.com is are you this with me basically drunk history i mean you know normally i do it with <laughs> tron and i already had an episode set up for you know me and tron to do I just realized I shouldn't be a debater if I'm high all the time. I mean, it is what it is. Do my points come across at all? Yeah. I mean, nice. like, like uh, you know, I had to just kind of like throw this one together last minute because, you know. And you did it beautifully. Tron had some bullshit come up. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll <laughs> now we're you know back down in the fucking uh, studio. Because I'm less dead. Because she's less dead. She's less coffee and all that kind of shit. So... Hopefully, you know, no bullshit, you know, pops up. Um, and we'll try and uh, get some episodes out. I, I definitely have a uh, one coming up that's going to be a bullshit episode where I play the character of the people that believe that Trump got the election stolen from him and that believe that COVID is not real. And uh, it's not. And Tron is going to uh, argue the other points. Or vice versa. We haven't even really talked about it. And then uh, finish up the great state debate. Because uh, we, we still got 30 states or so to debate. Mm-hmm. So. All right. Uh, see y'all later. Bye. Peace. <laughs>